Welcome We're to starting a- another show. <laughs> I, we've never done anything like no, we exciting like that. Never done that before. I didn't There's a reason. Scare you. <laughs> Welcome to Did another. You like that? I liked it. Welcome to another episode of Stand Up Memories. This is Jackie Martling. I'm Peter Bales, and we are with comedy manager, producer, everything you can think of extraordinaire Rory Rosegarden from the Conversation Company Limited. He's right there. And he manages comedians and the best comedians and knows everything about how to do it and can clear up a lot of confusion out there about what a manager is, what's the difference between a manager and an agent, and why managers can make or break careers, quite frankly, in, in, in a good way. I don't, I don't know. 40 about. years we've all known each other. We, I've yeah. known him. I've known you. Yeah. A little over 40 years. A little years. over 40 years. Yeah. I've known you uh, for, for a long, yeah, long time. About yeah, yeah, about 40 yeah. years. So, yes, I will try and make this short. You've never made anything short <laughs> in your life. <laughs> I started booking, uh, my future ex-wife and I started booking Governor's Comedy Shop when it began in 1980, yeah, September of 1981. And... I booked the shows, I hosted all the shows, and I was allowed to go on the road one week a month, but I hosted all four shows, all, all weekends. And we had me and four comedians. And you'd book them in advance, and in those days there was no place to work. You know, there was the East Side Comedy Club, uh, I don't even that, I don't even know if Chuckles existed. Again. Totally. It might have, yeah. uh, and there was the, the brokerage, but there, were, there was just virtually no place to work. And the comics wanted to work so badly, so you could book way in advance. So I had a, my book, my calendar, and I had governors booked three months out, at least. And one day they said, "We don't want four comedians every week." We want three comedians every week. And I got these all booked. So I had to, like a surgeon, go in and extract and make that phone call and cancel your weekend, mm -hmm. cancel your weekend. Mm -hmm. It was Sophie's choice, because most of the guys, we all knew each other, we're all right. friends. And one of the weekends, I had two guitar playing <laughs> comics. Mm -hmm. So I had to cancel one. And I called one of them, and he was pissed. And I said, this is nothing personal. I have, there is, it's, it's completely out of my hands. They cut me back from four comics to three. I have to cancel one person, and there are two guitar-playing comedians on the show, and I have to cancel you. And the guy was upset, and I, I, I tried to talk him down as much as I could. What could I do? Plus, I didn't really know him. I knew most of the guys I booked, but this guy, I didn't really know. He had called me for a gig. At the time, I knew, I, just right about then I got to know you, but I didn't know a lot about you. And years later, I found out when I looked, because I had never, there would have been no reason for me to really check up and look, but maybe I knew it, but maybe it escaped me. My band, 
did a song called The Pot Song in the 70s, and we recorded a 45 RPM single. And at the very end of the single, for no apparent reason, we go, and we do Looney Tunes thing, and then that's all, folks. Cut to 1990, me and my wife make a CD called The Off Our Rockers Holiday Sampler. It had one Christmas song, and one of the songs on the CD was the pot song. With that, I got a cease and desist letter from Warner Chapel saying it has come to our attention that you are using our, uh, whatever it's called, our, not handicap, what's it called, the, our copyright to the tune, uh, the copyright is uh, Merrily We Roll Along that was written by Eddie Cantor and we mm-hmm. own it and you are to cease and desist and send us whatever royalties, blah, 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 blah. And I look and the guy who wrote the letter and started my problem was this guy, Brian Gary. And it turned out that Rory had produced a one-man show. No, 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 a full-blown musical called Late Night Comic, written by Brian Gary. Written by by Brian Gary and this guy. Meanwhile, what's great about the story is we sold 12 of those (laughs) CDs. I mean, they must have thought we're on the Howard Stern show, everything turns to a billion dollars. No money at all. I actually had to go in and re- master it and chop out the Merrily We Roll Along part. And then a year later, I met a guy named Lee Newman, who was also the grandson of Eddie Cantor. And he works with Warner Chapel because his grandfather did Sunny Side of the Street and all these great songs. He said it would have been no problem, but it had already been through all the changes. And then Brian Gary was his cousin. So the whole small world. How does that connect up to all the acts that you had to cut from the four-person show to the three-person show, because he was one of the guys. He was oh he, oh he was there that. You go. He, I, I, I didn't. I thought that was good. No no. He was a, the guitar <laughs> player who I, I canceled. Say, I have to say that is the most boring story. I've ever heard. <laughs> I, it is so interesting. I, I bet if you called him right now, he'd still be pissed. <laughs> if he's still alive. The only saving grace and I is hope he's not. Rory used to handle Eddie Cantor. You're yeah, lucky. Right, right. We, we have a connection I'm old there. enough, yeah. Yeah, he's old enough. Yeah. I love it. This is so great. I mean, um, I got to ask you, yes. was he a good guy? Uh, he was fine. He was fine. He wasn't a good guy. <laughs> My friend oh, Lee said he gets along here. with none of the family. Yeah, he, he I want to mention one of Rory's clients. Everybody watching or listening, I bet there's someone in your life that you got to call, you want to have lunch, you want to hang out, you want to catch up. And for me, that person is Joe Bolster. And uh, a friend back in the day, we've been through the trenches together, longtime client of yours and friend. Yes. Can you free associate on the subject of Joe Bolster? I see him on Facebook. He's coaching a yes. girls track team. Yes, track he team. loved track. Yes. He used to make yes. me run in Riverside Park. He was a Park. long distance runner. He yes. was. Yes. He was. First of all, he is, I would easily say, the smartest guy I've met ever. I never saw a guy who knows so much about so much, and it's all correct and all accurate, 
He is a uh, 45 singles, forget it. He, yep. he knows every every A side, B side, who sang it. Didn't he go to Yale or, he or went, no, Denison? No, he, he, Denison. Denison. Denison, yes. His father uh, wa was involved with Princeton. Okay, okay. Princeton. that's. Yeah. yeah. He's a, a, he was a great comedian. He's a great guy, funny. Uh, very sweet guy too. Absolutely, really Joe Bolster. So, so Google so, him. He's yes, tremendous. Yes, tremendous. He's absolutely. A couple of weeks tremendous. ago, I told him a story. In the very beginning, not this. You heard this already. But in the very beginning, it was the Wild West comedy, and Jim Balazzo's booked yes, me Balazzo's. and Paul Reiser and yep. Joe Bolster yep. to do a show yep. at a at a uh, bowling alley. Yep. And we showed up at the bowling alley, and it was closed. And while he's up there knocking on the door, realizing it's closed, I turned to Joe and Paul and said, you know we get paid. And they said, what are you talking about? I said, we're here. We're here ready to do our job. He's the producer. We get paid. And, and the riser, I think, said, you do the talking? Yeah. <laughs> and Bol and, and Balazzo got back in the car and said, you know, we get paid for this. And it was like yeah. a line in the sand back then because it, it was like, hey, there's no show. Nobody gets any money. Yeah, and and we, we got our money. That, yeah, but you know. people also, you know, they, they, you have to realize that comedians who are working comedians, who aren't working, playing arenas and theaters and playing little joints and clubs, they live on that money. Right. You know, you, you're going to work on a Saturday night. You get there and the club is closed. That's income. You know, you don't get that Saturday night. And, but also the problem is if you butt heads with him, yeah. the and odds of him, work. he's not yeah, going to use it. So it's always a fine That's line. a great story. Joe Bolster, one of 12 children. Yes. Yeah. And I every, never knew that. Yeah. I was, yes. The Everybody's oldest the oldest of 12. And you, you're formed by your upbringing, of course. Yes. And um, all the brothers and sisters look alike. Ah, amazing. I'm not kidding. Amazing. That's great. Yeah. One time the at girls a time. Like the Do you guys. know my life? I think I've gotten two or three Christmas cards from a comic in my entire 40 years. And one He's of them. He's one of them. Yeah. 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 And, and he said. It was so, we weren't close. Yeah. But it was like. Merry Christmas. You owe me 50 bucks. Right. Yeah. Right. So at a diner, I took a French fry off his plate, and he kind of reacted yes, like that. Yes. And I said, why did you react like that? And he spoke to me about growing up with 11 siblings Correct. and the fact that his father might come home with a dozen donuts, and food was an issue. I found it so fascinating. Yeah. Um, anyway, so everybody out there, call that friend that you've been meaning to call and yeah, get together. Yeah. That's, a, that's a good thing to True. remember. I want to ask. Wait, I want to tell you that my theory Oh, uh, yes, your the, theory. The, the podcast thing. You know, Tell, refresh them what okay. we Okay, so we were talking about podcasts, and we were talking uh, uh, about doing them. And how often? How often, how, how long? long they should be. My theory, and I, I spoke with someone about this. Uh, I won't say who it was, but a, a very high-up podcast person. Um, doing a podcast is one thing. Listening to it is something else. Yes. Joe Rogan does a podcast, Tom Green did it, four hours, and Tom, Tom Green, so did you hear it? I said, I listened to an hour. I don't have four hours to give right. to a podcast. And but there, who does? Therein lies the, the rub, my opinion. Um, podcast shouldn't be longer than 15, 20 minutes. Here, here. The average guy, can't listen longer than 15 or 20 minutes. 
So when they do a podcast, that's 90 minutes. What listener has 90 minutes to listen to a podcast? And if you want more, you listen to another, just like the cable shows. Correct. They're making them shorter and shorter. All of a sudden it's over and it says next one starts in three seconds, two seconds, you stay right there. Exactly. That's a challenge when one of Jackie's stories is 37 minutes. That's it's a, a great one, story. like the Brian Gary show. <laughs> That's a short story. That's a short yeah. story. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. You know that'll come back at you. Uh, it will. Yeah, There's okay. plenty of time, and That's it'll come right. back to me in spades, yeah. by the way. You know, speaking of uh, going on and on, they asked me to do something here, and this, I, I, this place is great. You haven't seen the green room probably no. yet. I mean, it's mm. just this great guy, Mike Cave, made himself some money, and he always wanted a media company. Now he's got this media company. And they want me to do something, they do a podcast. I said, all right, and I'm not going to sit there and say, hey, how are you doing? You know, it's me. Uh, I'd love to let, get Peter to be my first guest and, and talk to him. It'd be interesting. Be great. And we sat there and I said, we should do this. We did 20 shows before we had a guest. And then we had, you're the third guest. So I'm very talk honest. about going on and on, you know. But it just, it could, and, and we've fallen more into the, you know, uh, he's smarter and smarter and I'm more and more of a jerk. And that, that's, I guess, how these things, you always wonder. Like isn't when Abbott great, made, isn't it great, Costello, wait a second, wait a second. Isn't it great in your life that you've contributed to comedy and you finally hit the peak where you're the biggest jerk? <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. That's a compliment, by the way. Yes, it is. Absolutely. But, but how do they, like, Abbott meets Costello. It's like, you, you're going to be the little stupid one. That's amazing. Be... People don't know. I'm breaking the bank right now. I'm telling you. This is one of the sweetest, nicest guys. Lovely, caring. Abbott or Costello? You, you asshole. You don't curse on my show. I'm sorry, it's I said Peter's asshole. show. <laughs> he cursed on Peter's show. Yeah, that, that's very nice to say. And Rory, yes, you'll agree with this. People who know Jackie from Howard Stern and from his live shows, the best joke teller on the planet. The best. This is showing a new side of Jackie. This this podcast. Absolutely. Yes. Then why do you act like I'm a jerk? Well, you are. You are. <laughs> Thank you. I uh, he said it first. We've had so much fun. I mean, we just go on and on and on, you know. But you do find 40 minutes, 60 minutes, 20 minutes is a sweet spot. You, yes. just, you can stop and, and, and start so, off. I agree with you. That's you just, the sweet you spot. You just reset. It's also, again, if you go back to what we've been talking about um, in the past, it's hard to be funny and it's hard to be good. And it always made me crazy that you had to fill time, fill time. Yes. Comedians can't just fill time. They can be humorous, they can be funny, but their material is so carefully crafted, a guy runs out. It happens. You know, you you could be funny and et cetera, et cetera, but being interesting is a whole nother, you know. Yes. It's also it's also a hell of a thing to think that the listener has time to listen to you and your crap. Like they want right. to hear. Do you right. really right. want a listener yes, that right. has an hour to listen to you? No. I you want a guy that no. can only handle twenty minutes because he's got to get somewhere. And I, you know, but there lies the rub because I'm not I'm, trying to chase you. 
with the, <laughs> with the podcast, um, the, it's still business. The longer it's on, the more commercials get sold, the more spot, you know, we get that. But again, I go to the same thing that if the quality is there and it's a good thing, it doesn't have to, long doesn't make it good, good makes it good. So if a guy can do a podcast and it's 10 minutes, three times a week, but it's great. Well, we really do need to fill uh, a, a little time. So starting next week, uh, we're going to do happy birthdays. Um, I have something. Because I, the highlight I, of my life was when I was like six years old <clears throat> and the Murray Mailman said, happy birthday, Jackie. And you were ne never six years and old. And never dawned on me, he probably, there were probably... <laughs> 80 Jackie. And some yeah. of you might remember the magic mirror on Romper Room. That's <laughs> yeah. the same thing that Jackie's yeah. talking about. Yeah. Now, we have a lot of comedians. Who I'm going to admit that that was after my time. That was after. Romper Room, Room was yeah. after yeah. his time. Actually, right. uh, right. Jackie performed in a monastery. Oh, yeah. we were talking about the Mets and the chance. Yankees. I was never a Met fan because when I was a kid, there were no there Mets. There were no Mets. Yeah. Uh, 1962, right. I think it was. You know, I was, I was already in eighth yep. grade. Yep. You know, one of the True. kids in my class, his, his father was part owner of Doubleday. Double Doubleday. It's like, wow. Yes. Or Rory. Let, let, ignore him. Because uh, help he me out here. Told, yes. A lot of comedians watch this podcast, and I tell them this, but maybe they'll believe it if you say it. They think they're competing against other comedians. No. I tell them each comedian is an individual each career is individual correct. correct you are not on a time schedule that you have to match somebody else nope. please I know you know that you couldn't be more right and I know Jackie will vouch for this too that the comedians are not competing with each other oh they may be competing for stage time or whatever but they're not competing the trick in my opinion to being a good comedian is to be different yes. from everybody else, to have your point of view be the point of view th that they grab onto. Um, they were comedians, when I started out, comedians literally were ripping off other comedians and doing their material. All right, anybody can do a joke. I could do one of Jackie's jokes, but I'm not Jackie. I can't do it like Jackie with the spirit of Jackie right. because I'm not that person. Right. So to be a good comedian, you have to do what makes you funny, what makes you laugh. That's what makes the comedy work. It makes um, it special. Makes it special, makes it work. And no, you're not competing with other comedians. Be true to yourself. Yes. You know, something very, in, in the very beginning, well, at the beginning of what, what's relative to me or whatever, in like 1979 or something, I didn't, I wasn't in the city a lot, but there was, there was so much of that accusations that you stole my bit. Right. You stole my bit. And somebody say, uh, you stole my Star Wars bit. And it's like, if 30 people watch Star right. Wars that are comedians, right. you're going to get X amount of... Well, it's called parallel development. Parallel development. Yeah. But people were all up each other's noses about yes, this. And yes. I actually uh, wrote a letter and they posted it on the board at the improv because I said, uh, you know, there's so much stuff that's been around forever. And speaking of Eddie Cantor, he was a, a comic and all of a sudden they gave him a radio show. Right. And after two weeks, he was out of stuff. 
So he got well, writers, and the writers uh, went right. and got old joke books and took that's jokes right. and made them that's fit right. Eddie Cantor. So that anybody can do that. So right, but but the, the point is that everything's been done, so things are special. And I said, I was at a show once, and I'm not going to say it was, but a guy got up and just told an old joke. But it's an old joke that I tell, and he told it exactly in my voice with mm. the expressions and the timing and the, the you make it right. work for you. Yeah, you work for you. And in my mind, that was as much stealing, stealing. as taking your Star Wars Well, pick, he didn't know. steal the joke. He stole the, he stole the, the persona. The persona. The persona. Right. He right. stole the persona. That is yeah. stealing. You're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, Milton Berle, I once saw an interview, <laughs> how do you get started in comedy? Uh, he said, uh, just steal some jokes and get going. He, and was, he was wrong about he that. Was one, he was really, truly a miserable guy. Um, he was the king of comedy, ask him. Um, <laughs> I, I once saw him in Montreal at the comedy festival, and he, he was older then, and he was giving an interview. Uh, it was scheduled to give an interview, and he was telling the film crew, where the light should go, he, where the camera should. He reinvented should. the word bitter. Yeah, the mo <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was not a. And no, yet, not, not in the very of. early fifties on the Milton Berle show, Mister Television had such ratings that when his show went to commercial, everybody went to the bathroom and flushed toilets. That was a whole. That's and such a New great York story. New York City uh, had meetings about how concerned <laughs> he, they were about a drop in water pressure. Yeah. And fire, the fire department was hindered in He was a great fire. comedian, but if you ask people who knew him yes. and who worked with him, he was a terrible guy. Okay. He, he, but he had like an 80 share, but it was the only show on TV. Yeah, right. And in 1954, I think it was, he was like the king of television. And by 1955, he was hosting Jackpot yes, Bowling. Yes, yes. But he, he was the, uh, the host of Texaco Star Theater. Yep. And Rodney, Rodney used to say that Milton Berle was unbelievable. And he, they, they said he stole so many jokes because he knew, he's like me, he knew every joke in well, the world. You, you and steal a, a million jokes. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden he's deaf. Now we can't no, no, hear No, no, no. Like, uh, he, he just knew them and, and yeah. just rattled them and rattled them. But Rodney said he was so, so great. And I don't, aside from seeing him dressed well, up as a woman, he... He, he did a show at, at, in Catskills when we were up there with the Stern Show, and it was Milton Berle and Henny Youngman. Mm -hmm. And I remember, because they came out at one point with bandanas and pigtails, right. and they were both Willie Nelson. Nelson. And it was yeah. so, but he, <laughs> but he was supposed to be the yes. quickest guy in the world, and he got heckled a few times, and he, he couldn't deal, like the, an, a comic that's been out of six months, could have handled a heckler better than he did. Well, I'll, I'll point out something. This is a manager thing. It's a personal thing. I don't believe in being funny at all costs, meaning the audience, you're hysterical, but you're a prick. I have a very hard time with that. I think that comedians who are generally good guys, it comes through. I think... What, yeah, what I'm saying is what he did to calm the heckler down was mean. Well, Whatever he said was saying, mean. That, correct. You correct. Know, now, it, it was, in fairness which, to him, in fairness to him, there is no place in the world for a heckler. No, There's there no is place. not. And he's older. It's, and if he hadn't gone yes, respect, yes, especially yes. in the Catskills, it's very disrespectful. And 
the the guy sitting to the right and the left, he didn't pay to hear this idiot. No, no, drunk. right, you right, you know, I, you right. My... So, but two different kinds of hecklers. The hostile one, no excuse. But if a comedian no, is working no, no. in the audience, you know, by play is right. fine, and right. it's going somewhere, and right. they're fine. I'm talking about a drunk, right, who, or a guy who doesn't like you, doesn't like your politics. That could that, that changes goes, the flavor yeah, of the yes, room. Yes, look, comedy has changed drastically. And it breaks my heart a little bit because comedy is fun. It's fun. Did you ever think you'd live in a time where Don Rickles couldn't work? Think about that for a minute. How crazy that is. Now, the one thing about Don Rickles, um, who was one of the best and really, and really funny, um, he would, at the end of his show, the last five minutes of the show, yes very sincerely say, look, yes. I'm making fun of everybody. Right. I'm Jewish, you're not. We laugh, it doesn't matter, yeah, you're a black. He sang a I'm song, like, I'm a nice yes. guy. And, yeah. and, and, and the audience loved it. They loved it. Now, it's become a political thing. Yeah. Being a comedian, it's a political thing. Who, who cares? Who, you can't right. laugh at yourself that, now? You know, There's right. no more laughing at yourself. You have to get offended at a comedy show? That's all Agree totally. Times change, not always for the best. Yes. And this yes. has been, uh, I hope you have been watching and listening to the wisdom of Rory Rosegarden, who's seen it all. So Sadly. honored to have you on this show. You are Thank terrific. You. Thanks for always me. have been. Thank you. And um, Jackie. I, I have not cleared this with management, but we might just stop the cameras, and then roll another one. Well, that would be pretty exciting. I have an ad lib from about 10 minutes ago, but you know, it's, it's hard on this show. Throw it in. He said Milton Berle was getting an 80% share on this big show in the early 50s. What Milton Berle would never tell you is that uh, the 20% share was the test pattern. Yeah. <laughs> but which is, which is true. Wow, crazy. <laughs> what a great ad lib 10 minutes ago. Thank you for indulging no, me. That's, yeah. that's great. Uh, again, thank you, Rory. Thank you. Rose Garden, the Conversation Company Limited. And uh, check out their roster. It's everybody, boy. As opposed uh, to Stand Up Memories. Stand Up Memories. Unlimited. Unlimited. We are uh, Stand Up Memories. And check us out at StandUpMemories.com. You already know that if you're watching. I Jackie am, Martin. I told Peter, but next week's guest is Barack Obama, which is <laughs> not bad. It's funny. Not bad. All right, we're trying. I have a, a joke. I heard a new joke, and I'm scared to ask my friend where he got it because I don't want it to be something that I shouldn't tell. The bartender says, I'm sorry, we don't serve time travelers. A time traveler walks into a bar. <laughs> <laughs> we will see you next time. Hey, a new episode of Stand Up Memories every Wednesday. How exciting is that? Starring me, Peter Bales, and right here, Jackie the Joke Man Mark. Please follow us on social media. Search it out. What is it? MeSpace? MySpace? Your space? TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Do-da, do-da. <laughs> <laughs>